I think it's okay to be scared. We think we have paths for a reason. Paths make sense. We've been told that there are paths. And I imagine that if you've reached a certain point in your life, you are probably really good at following directions. And it's a process of unlearning some of those behaviors and some of those lessons. Hi, I'm Lara Dolch, and you're listening to She Knows the Way, a show about deciding what's next when doing what's expected no longer feels right. Charlene Lamb is a curator, grief guide, and creator of the Grief Gallery. As you might expect from someone who's a grief worker, Charlene has developed some familiarity with death and loss. And as Charlene has unfolded these heavy topics and opened them up to the light through her grief work, she's gone through an unfolding of her own. Through her own experience of grief, Charlene discovered new edges of herself and new ways of approaching her work and her life. Before we get any further into Charlene's story, I do want to give you a heads up that this episode deals with issues of death, dying, and the loss of a loved one. So if that might bring up some tough emotions for you, feel free to take a minute now to stop listening. I promise we won't take it personally. And if you choose to keep listening, maybe set aside some time after the episode to check in with yourself. For me, this conversation feels especially relevant around this time of year. The holidays can be joyful, yes. And for some of us, they bring up difficult feelings we thought we'd dealt with. Charlene's ability to transform and expand alongside her grief feels especially soothing right now. Tragically, Charlene's path towards grief work started with her own experience of grief when her mother died in 2013. She was super healthy, super active, and she actually died from a sudden stroke. It was totally out of the blue. This loss rocked Charlene. And then on top of her grief, Charlene also had to manage all of the arrangements, logistics, and physical stuff that had been her mom's. Figuring out what to do with her paperwork, what to do with her estate, and how to plan the memorial. At the time, Charlene was living in London. She and her husband had moved there for his job. So she was flying back and forth over the Atlantic as she tried to wrangle her mother's things and her own grief. Charlene's mother's death was a profound turning point, one that set Charlene on the path towards grief work and laid the foundation for how she practices it. But Charlene can trace her keen awareness of and fascination with death back to her teen years. Um, I was goth in high school. Nice. Oh my gosh. I had a goth phase too in my 20s. Nice. I love it. <laughs> I had like the short, like auburn, like pixie cut dyed hair. And the, oh my gosh, I love that. Well, that's the thing, right? And, and we thought we were so cool and so deep. <laughs> totally. Maybe it was permission to kind of look at those darker sides of things and permission to love poetry and that kind of dark beauty. The gothness was partially an aesthetic, I think, um, and maybe an outlet for that kind of teenage angst. But now that she's had time to process real death rather than angst, Charlene has noticed that she relates to our cultural tokens of death differently than she used to. The things that I thought were interesting and fascinating, spending time in graveyards, um, I don't really do that anymore. I don't think of graveyards as fun. I used to love CSI. And frankly, after reading my mom's autopsy report, 
I cannot watch autopsy scenes in CSI or NCIS or any of those. But dealing with the reality of her mom's death also put Charlene back in touch with other parts of her aesthetic identity and her strengths. As Charlene managed the logistics of her mother's loss, she found herself leaning on the creative instincts she developed as a curator. Very early on, I started doing things like commissioning an urn from a ceramicist that I worked with. And eventually, when I had to sell her house, this 3,000 square foot house that was full of things that my mom had owned, things that she had chosen, I found it incredibly hard to sort through all of those items. So putting on the curator hat, I said, okay, if I'm gonna do a pop-up exhibition about my mother, which 100 objects would I choose? Charlene also found her mother's death to be clarifying. It let her appreciate anew all the things her mom was able to accomplish, like immigrating to the U.S. and building a career that provided for her family, like going back to school in her 50s to get a master's degree. It also made Charlene think about the things her mom never got to do. She wanted to write a book. I found a very, very rough outline. I would have loved to have known what she would have written about. This loss recharged Charlene's sense of purpose, and it accelerated her pace. My grandmother died at 67, and my mother always said that was so young. So to have my mother die even earlier than my grandmother seems really wrong. But also, if we're going to follow the pattern, I only have until 65. So even though I try to eat well, I try to take care of myself, I do look at things through this kind of morbid lens of, if I only have until 65, what do I want to do with that time? Charlene calls this morbid math. And in 2019, this mindset led Charlene to make a major shift in her life and career. That process of leaning into being creative, of making those kinds of choices with intention, really guided me through my grief journey. I wanted to focus more of my energy and my headspace writing about grief, speaking about it, and teaching people this framework that I have for handling grief. At the time, Charlene and her husband were living in Brooklyn. Because things are so expensive, because people work just to live and pay their bills, you don't really have that kind of financial space and headspace to go for the longer-term plans. Part of the financial equation for Charlene, as a self-employed person, was healthcare costs, particularly after she'd spent time in London. Having experienced what it means to not have to worry about leaving a job because you might lose your healthcare, and how much creativity that opens up for people, being back in New York, it really didn't make sense. So in order to free up the mental space she needed to explore a career in grief work, Charlene decided to move to Portugal. And this shift in her career and location signaled a shift in her relationship with her husband, too. Over time, as I followed him to Sweden and then I followed him to London again for his job, doing the same thing that my mom and I did, really, following my father for his job, a lot of resentment came up from that because I felt like, oh, we are following his career trajectory. And I think it took a while to realize, no, you know what? He leaps 
It's not about leaving me behind. It's just that he leaps believing that he will be okay. Whereas I really want to know um, what's going to happen. Is there a spreadsheet for that? You know, I need to make a, a plan. What's my backup? So over time, I've hopefully taught him a bit that in order to get the freedom that he wants, that includes some prior planning, some strategizing to get the longer term freedom. And he's also taught me to leap. So with thoughtful planning and for Charlene's career, Charlene and her husband made the leap to Portugal. And these massive shifts moving around the world, pursuing a new field of work, seemed to set off a cascade of little shifts for Charlene. This showed up in her own narrative around moving. I felt like big moves had always been associated with trauma and loss in my life. Portugal has been amazing because it was my choice. And also in how Charlene handled her existing work. So with this move to Portugal, the plan was, okay, I will keep on working with my clients in the U.S. and in the U.K., but do it part-time. But my clients were not cooperating. <laughs> they were not communicating. They were so disorganized that being able to keep them part-time really wasn't feasible anymore. And I learned to fire clients. Yes. Isn't that a beautiful thing? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when you figure out how to do that. Yes. And it was also this shift in the language to, nope, I am not available on Wednesdays. And by the way, my terms and conditions have been updated. And if you cancel a meeting with less than 24 hours notice, I'm not guaranteeing that I will reschedule that. How does that feel? Freeing. It also feels more compassionate and loving for me, but also for them, being clear with them. Because when I was in that needy, oh, I don't know if it's okay to say this stage, I wasn't communicating clearly either. They were trying to guess what I was trying to say. So it's just better for everyone to be clearer. But that was really scary for me because I thought those clients were going to be my backup. They were going to be the security while I pursued my quote-unquote real work. But really, firing them was the best thing that I could have done. Charlene says cutting down on her client load freed her up to pursue new ways of thinking about grief. And with this newfound space, she enrolled in a writing course. We had to write for 30 days every day. 250 words every day. And I chose to write about grief every day, published a piece, and that gave me so much clarity in how I talk about grief. It made me so much more focused on doing the grief work. And I made connections with people. A startup got in touch and said, we've been reading your essays and we'd like to have a conversation about collaborating. It felt like such an investment in myself and that wouldn't have happened <laughs> if I hadn't said no more to the clients that were taking up all this headspace. So Charlene had to let go of work that felt secure and the parts of herself that clung to that security in order for something new to emerge. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear how Charlene's experience of grief not only led her to change her career, but also helped her unlearn the conventional ways of building that career 
and transformed the way she thinks about her mother. Hey there, it's Laura. Wanted to quickly pop in to let you know how much I appreciate your being here. I know there are a million podcasts you could be listening to, and I'm so glad you're spending time with us. If you're finding value in the show, we'd be grateful if you supported it by buying us a coffee. That's right. It couldn't be simpler. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash she knows the way to support our work for the price of a cup of coffee. That's buymeacoffee.com slash she knows the way. And thanks. Welcome back. When we left Charlene Lamb, she had just moved to Portugal to explore grief work and share with others the model she'd used in processing her mother's death. And she was giving herself room to let her ideas about grief unfurl. Anyone who's ever made a career change by getting a new job at a new company knows how tricky and tenuous even that can feel. And this phase in Charlene's journey, where she'd moved to a new country to pursue an idea about a new career, might seem wildly vulnerable in comparison. But even before she reoriented her work around exploring grief, Charlene had seen herself breaking away from the generational career patterns she grew up with. The paths that used to make sense, they either don't make sense anymore or they don't exist. My mother building this life that was out of the American dream She did all the things. She worked for Hewlett-Packard for 30 years. She got early retirement. She was able to move up. And she built her dream house. By the time she died, she felt really secure. She had a pension from my father's job. She had Social Security. But I couldn't see that path for me. I mean, there really weren't those kinds of career paths anyway by the time that I was working. So I knew that her path was not going to be my path. And this was kind of an inner reckoning because there was definitely a time where as a creative person, I felt like, oh no, I am a failure as a Chinese American. All my cousins, they work for Google, they work for a financial company, they are an architect. And I'm the one who's going to design school and moving out of the country and doing my crazy things. But I think over time, We've kind of seen how relying on a company or a pension is not the safe path. It looks safe. It looks secure. And in the last decade, we have seen that is not the secure choice. Charlene carved her own path to grief work. And she's also carved out her own space within that world. Since she moved to Portugal, Charlene has expanded her grief work, collaborated with new partners, and created a virtual grief gallery. When people hear grief work, they assume grief coaching, something that looks like one-to-one work, and that's not what I currently do. My approach to grief work really looks like speaking and writing, but also putting on exhibitions, because that's where it started with my own grief journey with dealing with my mom's loss. So I put on exhibitions about grief and loss, and I collaborate with artists and designers to create work for that. That doesn't look like what most people think of when they think of grief work. So I've been doing a lot of work on myself to be okay with that, with not doing grief work in the way that most people would expect. This calm, deliberate comfort with doing things differently than people expect is something Charlene has developed incrementally. What's been an interesting shift over the last couple of years has been this shift from 
I need to I want to I do. So building my own business, I wanted to do for a while, but there was a time where I thought I need to have my own business because my mental health is not steady enough for me to work for anyone else. I need to be able to work from anywhere because my husband is so unpredictable and I need to be able to follow him around. That shifted to I want to be able to work from anywhere. I want to work for myself. And now I'm in this place of oh I just do. But it's also there's no drama around it. It's just what I do. Yeah, I I love that that shift. I think people myself included often forget that language. That mindset is so powerful. Not only do I love the shift Charlene is talking about here. I love the way she talks about it. This thing of having no drama around it is, side note, my new favorite acid test for any area of my life I'm working on. But it also links back to the calm, steady way that Charlene found her footing after her mom's death. She was faced with this task of managing her mother's estate, a decidedly need-to task for most people who have to go through it. And by letting her own skills as a curator catch her, Charlene was able to just do and actually found something like comfort or ease amidst her pain. Through transforming her mindset and practicing these incremental shifts in perspective, Charlene continues to find new pathways in her own grief journey. My mother and I did have a good relationship. Though I kind of say that now our relationship is better than it's ever been because I lived an ocean away when we would get together I still did kind of feel babied after she died I learned so much more about who she was in that I thought of her differently I was thinking about her no longer just as my mother but as a person with a life and what had she done with those years that she had and I feel so much more compassion for her I feel so much love for her, not just as my mom, but as this amazing woman. So being able to look back at my mother in the entirety of her life just gave me so much more appreciation for her. And through a lifetime of incremental mindset shifts, Charlene has also transformed herself. There is a transition from good girl me to kind of maverick me. (laughs) The wisdom Charlene has earned about the power of perspective and about letting change change you. It applies not just to grief work, but all the things in life that matter to us, including our careers. What would you say to someone who is at this place of, you know, they don't have a clear path and are trying to decide what's next for them? What would you say to them? Um, That I think it's okay to be scared that we think we have paths for a reason, that paths make sense. We've been told that there are paths. And I imagine that if you've reached a certain point in your life, you are probably really good at following directions. And it's a process of unlearning some of those behaviors and some of those lessons. I'm very grateful for having been a good student. It helped me get into a good college. It helped open doors for me. It helped teach me discipline. And I honor that. And I recognize that's not how I want to do things moving forward. It is a grief process. There is a letting go. 
When I talk to people who are making big changes or stepping off the path, it's easy to understand that they might feel nervous or uncertain. But since my conversation with Charlene, I've tried to listen for the sadness that's right there too, under the surface. Change is loss. Loss of our old selves, of our old paths, of the future paths we're not taking. And we have every right to hold those losses tenderly and to grieve, even as we step off into our own becoming. Special thanks to Charlene Lamb for speaking with us for this episode. If you'd like to connect with Charlene or learn more about her work, you can find her at charlenelamb.com or explore the Grief Gallery at thegriefgallery.com. This is the final episode of this season of She Knows the Way. So now would be a great time to catch up on the episodes you missed. There's plenty to keep you busy with over 100 episodes in the archive. We'll be back in 2022 with more news stories and inspiration for your journey to what's next for you. In the meantime, we want to hear from you. Visit laradolch.com slash listener questions to tell us what you're struggling with right now when it comes to deciding what's next for you or questions you'd ask if no one knew it was you. The form is completely anonymous. It'll help us plan for next season and hopefully give you the confidence and inspiration to find your way to what's next. That URL again is laradolch.com slash listener questions. Finally, thank you so much for your emails, reviews, and support of the show this season. We know you have literally a million podcasts you could be listening to, and we're truly honored that you've chosen to spend time with us. From me and the rest of the She Knows the Way team, happy holidays. This episode of She Knows the Way was produced by Jennifer McCord and me, Lara Dolch. For more episodes, hit subscribe or follow wherever you get your podcasts. And if you'd like to stay in touch, I'm at Lara Dolch on Instagram and Twitter. You can also sign up for our newsletter at laradolch.com slash podcast or by clicking the link in the episode notes. Until next time, trust that you know the way.